Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said, fight. You can't fight. He said, withstand. You can't withstand. He said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us and our granddaddy did it like that. And let's change it just a little bit. You change it and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. David Baker here. Hey, welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. And we're glad that you're here. And I have, a, have an important, important topic today. My co-host is not available, and so I'm going to do uh, one just myself. So sorry you're stuck with me, but uh, one that I think is just so important for ministry, for life, for families, and it is that. It's about family. It's about children. Um, when Bible college, we learned and we were taught how important family was, and that if you lose your family, many times you will lose your ministry, all of it or part of it. If you lose your marriage, it's very hard to keep pastoring uh, if you lost your marriage. If you lose your kids, there will be people who will look at you and how it will affect your ministry. And that's very tough. Now, let me say this. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Whatever you've gone through, God has still called you to preach. You might not be pastoring, but God intends and expects us all to win souls, to serve Him, to be in ministry, to be in church, to help other people. That doesn't matter. So don't uh, take this as if you have struggled or your family has struggled that you shouldn't be serving God. Absolutely not. You should be. Um, but I want to talk about that with children. We'll do one later and talk about marriage. But talk about children because it is so important. Um, many people have said to me, uh, Brother Baker, Pastor Baker, your children are the best asset that you have. We may not like you. We may hate you, but hey, you've got some good kids. You guys did something right. Our kids are not perfect. Uh, believe me, we know. We have 11 of them. And um, and it's amazing what God's done in their life, and it's amazing how well they're doing and how blessed we are to have them. And so a couple of years ago, I felt like God wanted me to put together a program to help people with their children. 
It's called a video coaching program. It's 12 uh, videos, and, um, and I'm going to give it to you, okay? Uh, it's something that normally these type of things are sold, but um, at the end, I'll uh, tell you where you can go and get it. I want to talk to you about it personally right here now and hopefully stir your um, heart to get that. Again, it's 12 videos, so there's no way in one podcast I'm going to be able to cover all that, but I want to talk to you about the topics. I want to talk to you about the things that are important. If we can't teach and train and rear our children in the right way, they become arrows in the hands of a mighty man. They become weapons that we get to use against the devil. They become ones who are also winning souls and helping people and changing lives. And and what my children have done for God, um, the people they've led to Christ, uh, the people that they've reached is amazing. And I love to watch that. Um, and it's also changed their life in the, um, in the middle of that. So um, I want to say one more disclaimer. Uh, if your children have struggled or are struggling, okay, please do not give up on them. Please do not give up on them. Uh, listen carefully. I was the prodigal in high school. I had a good mom and dad. Never smoked, drank, cussed. Went to Baptist church. Dad's a deacon. Mom's son's school teacher. And guess what? I turned to be a rebel and got into drinking. Moved out of the house when I was in high school. Told my parents I wouldn't live by their rules. Finished high school in a party apartment. Uh, then got into drugs. Uh, joined the army. Jumped out of airplanes. Wildly crazy. Got put in jail one night. All that was over 33 years ago. Um, but I was that. But my mom and dad did not give up. They kept praying and working and doing everything they could so God would get a hold of their son and turn him around. And so I have been my parents' pastor now for 27 years. So parents, do not quit. Do not, the phrase goes, sell the farm. If that prodigal father had sold the farm and moved away, when his son, when his son had come back home, there would be nothing there. Make sure you don't sell the farm. Don't quit serving God. Don't quit winning souls. Don't quit the standards. Don't quit any of that. You let them see when they come back after they have lost everything, they see mom and dad still believing and doing the same thing they always did. Okay. Now we have a program on that. It's called Parents with Prodigals. It's also a video coaching program and we'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll have one issue of that one day. But um, um, these video coaching programs have been a great help to me as a pastor to be able to put these together to give them away to people um, in our church when they need it. And so when I taught it, I gave it to them, but most people didn't need it. But when they do need it, it's a great thing. Instead of spending 10, 15, 20 hours counseling, and I, I love counseling, I don't mind that, but there's so much they can do then on their own to be able to help. So I would encourage you to uh, think about putting some things like this together as resources for your church and for your people. Uh, it's been a big help to us. And so again, I'll show you where to get at the end, but I'm gonna jump in and go through some of these topics and hopefully be able to be a help to you and your children and your family because uh, it is such a big deal. If we can rear our children the right way, <laughs> it's blessing unto uh, her that bear. If we rear a wise child, it's blessing to her that bear him. If we rear a fool, it's bitterness to her that bear him. It, it's, it is that big of a deal. So much of our happiness and joy in the future is going to be set by what we do uh, with our children. Okay, So the program, I call it Creating a Million Dollar Kid. It's a marketing thing. Um, the number one thing people pay for is money, how to make money, how to save money. People don't relate that with their children, but they say it's over 200 
$7,000 that we spend on our children to get them to 18. Um, and then if there are problems, it's a whole lot more after that. Those adult problems get really expensive, whether it's a uh, jail or taking care of our grandchildren. And so, um, and when I talk about a million dollar kid, I'm talking about having a rich life, okay? A rich life. That is so important. Rich, full, gusto, enjoyment, rich life. And uh, the money will take care of itself. Uh, we'll talk about that. But that rich life. So my whole philosophy on childering is this. Who is the best father ever? Me? Nope. Sorry. I have fallen short. <laughs> Who's the best father ever? God. Okay, God is. So we should rear our children the way God rears us. So I call it child rearing God's way. Child rearing God's way. How does God rear us? That's what we are supposed to do. The first thing I teach on this is you have to have their heart. The first lesson, full 40-minute video, how to get their heart. Okay, I'll give you one little thought here, but you have to get their heart. Yes, we discipline. Okay, yes, we instruct. Yes, we teach. Yes, we do all that. But if you don't have their heart, it's falling on deaf ears. Um, and so you have to get the heart of your child. Um, it, it's amazing still to my oldest son that's 31 um, and uh, my four married children. It's amazing still to be able to have their heart, how big that is. And, um, and so there's a shortcut, again, 40 minute video, don't have time to teach everything all that, but is get their heart to God, okay? If you get their heart to God, you'll have that. But Solomon said, my son, give me thine heart. It's so important. Here's one little idea in that 40 minute video. It's called a J-BAM letter, J-B-Y-A-M. Okay, I didn't come up with it. Don't even know where I found it. J-BAM, I've used it for so long with my kids. J-BAM, just between you and me. When there's a tough time or a hard time or just building a relationship, write that letter. And the way I do it is big letters, J-B-Y-A-M. In the beginning, then you write in the words, just between you and me. After a while, it just becomes a J-BAM letter. And um, you write it, heartfelt, caring, thinking, warm, and put it somewhere in their room, in their pillow, pillowcase, where they'll see it and read it. Never ask them about it, never respond to it. Just building love, building a heart, building relationship. If your children are away from you and away from God, you do that. My, I, I hate telling these stories because it makes me look bad. And none of us like to tell those stories. Um, but growing up, I hated my dad. And I had a horrible relationship with him. And then I went to the Army, and I'm away. I mean, in all the junk of the world. And my dad just wrote me. Never preached, never condemned, just wrote me. Tell me about life and stories and the kids. Long. Six-page, legal, front, back, writing. I read every word of them. And saved every one of them. Thought you hated your dad. Uh, in the flesh, outwardly. But inside, boy, those letters built something back. And I knew my dad loved me. And my dad cared about me. When's the last time you wrote your kid a letter? When's the last time you told him how much you loved him? Where do you get this from? Uh, let's see, who's the best father? <laughs> God. Um, what did God do? Oh, he wrote us a love letter. It's called the Bible. Anytime I get a new Bible, um, King James, by the way, I write in the front of it, Dear David, Genesis 1-1, Dear David, go to Revelation 22 and say, Love Jesus. It says a love letter to me, just between you and me, to write that note. And when I teach people how to do this, I tell them, when you write that note, if you don't have this heart, and you're probably not on video to see this, but I, I have tears in my eyes just thinking about this with my kids. If you don't have this heart when you're writing it, then throw it away and get that heart again. When you write it, you have this kind of heart. 
love and care and passion for your children and ask God to transfer that emotion when they read your letter. And if that happens, guess what? You've got their heart. Moms and dads, a JBAM letter, okay? That's one point in the 40-minute video, but I wanted to, to give that in here. If you don't have their heart, None of the other things we say are really going to help. You've got to get their heart. In the meantime, yes, do all these other things. It's right to do. Um, if I don't have my heart, should I spank my children? Yes, you have to biblically. We'll talk about that. But make sure that you're doing everything you can to get their heart. Uh, next uh, principle, you're the parent, they're the child. Please understand that. You're the parent, they're the child. And when does that start? At one, at two, at three. It's amazing. We've all seen it. <laughs> and preachers are guilty of it too. We let our kids run things. No, I'm sorry. I'm dad. You're the kid. <laughs> I'm the parent. You're the child. Uh, but those girls are so cute and they're so sweet and daddy. Okay. No, <laughs> we're not going to let manipulation, love, care, help. Yes. I took my girls on dates every Monday night and then traded off with them and, and did that to keep their heart. Um, but they're not going to manipulate and get by and daddy, can I please? No, right's right, wrong, wrong. I'm the parent, you're the child. This is the way we're going to do it. This is the authority in this house. You're the parent. They're the child. You've got to let it be that way. Don't let them manipulate you. <laughs> I uh, teach on this. Um, at the end of the day, it ought to be parents 50, kids zero. Parents 100, kids zero. Okay? <laughs> it needs to be that way. Children are terrorists. They will take advantage of every inch you give them. <laughs> wow. Do you not love kids? <laughs> I love my kids. And ask them. They know that. Um, but you have to understand what children can do and how they will take that and manipulate that and cause so many problems in your life and in your marriage. Okay? Next big point. The number one thing our kids need is to walk with God. They need a personal relationship with God. I love to go around our house in the morning and check on the kids and catch them reading their Bible and catch them praying before they do anything else to have that walk with God, to be in their closet or to be kneeling beside their bed. It's just special. It's just special. They can't live on my walk with God. They have to have a personal relationship with God also. The number one thing they need, number one thing they need, you need to help them to have a walk with God. We'll talk a whole lot about that. Then next, discipline. How does God discipline us? Okay, how does God discipline us? Okay, no chasing for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous, but afterward it yieldeth a what? Peaceable fruit of righteousness, okay? Now, in this, I go through, and when we, before we give a spanking, we have 14 steps we go through. I wrote them out to teach it. 14 steps of what to do to make sure they understand. I have asked, and in my other podcast, Wisdom for Life podcast on Fridays, for a while I went through with all my kids and interviewed them. And I asked them, and I knew what they'd say because I've asked them often growing up, have I ever disciplined you in a wrong way? Have I ever disciplined you when you did not deserve it? Have I ever disciplined you when you didn't do what we said? And it's amazing. <laughs> Ask most kids that. Yep, absolutely. Um, my kids don't. And I'm shocked because I was not a perfect parent. But this thing was so big because I knew so many kids are bitter at their mom and dad because they disciplined them. They didn't deserve it. And they created that. We have 14 steps to go through. Uh, my, my mom and dad have heard me teach on child ring. And they've often said, wow, we wish we had had this teaching when we were rearing you. 
Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, because spanking when I was a kid was, you did something wrong, just wait till the commercial. Because you can't miss the TV show. And so, all right, during the commercial, go to your room. Wap, 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 wap. Go back, watch the TV show. Hey, how loved. <laughs> how connected. <laughs> how, wait, that's not what happened. I don't want to hear it. That, that, he did it. I didn't. I don't want to hear it. Uh, all right, I'll spank you both. Those things aren't just. Those aren't the way to do things, and they will create bitterness inside of children. It shouldn't. Bitterness is a horrible thing, but it does. It does. And so make sure you're doing it the right way, the biblical way. Um, and, and please don't listen to the world's philosophies where, oh, yeah, time out. A child left to himself bringing his mother to shame well, we just use reward and um, and uh, and take away things if they're bad, okay? Then you're going to create bitterness. Provoke not your children to wrath. It's not going to change them. Chastening yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Uh, does God ground us? None of my 11 children have ever been grounded one time. Never. How come? Because you tell me. This is what happens. All right, you're grounded for however long, and we take away from them whatever uh, they really like. Video game, TV, phone, um, whatever it is. Uh, sometimes parents take away youth activities because that's what they really like. That's stupid. They, they need those things. We're taking away good things for them. And so, all right, we're going to take away their phone uh, for a week. And so to do that, you almost have to be mad at them for a week because once you let your guard down, Mom, can I please? I've been really good. I won't do it again. Mom, can I please have my phone back? Okay. And we think we're being nice and kind, and we just allowed our children to manipulate us, and we lied. We said they were grounded for a week, and, we, and they were not. And I don't want my kids to be grounded for a week. I want to discipline them and love them, and it's over. It's done. Relationship restored. Because when you have that grounding and that wall up, the relationship is not good. And they're bitter and they're mad and now they're, no, no, chastening, chastening. And by the way, if it's bad, they shouldn't be having it anyway, a cell phone. And if it's good, why do you want to take it away from them? <laughs> Our kids, there came a time in their life where they all needed a cell phone. They're driving, they're working, they're going away. Okay, so you make sure they know how to use it, understand it the right way, protect them from it. But I'm not going to take it away from them. I'm going to take, you can't drive anymore. Oh, great. Now I have to take them to work back and forth every day. If it's good, then they should do it. If it's bad, they shouldn't do it. So what is there to take away? That's not how God rears us. Is this preaching a little? Sorry, sorry. A podcast, okay. Uh, but you've seen so many wrong things in the area of discipline. It's just gigantic, okay? Um, again, whole lesson on that, how God rears us. Then, very important, to love our children in their language. Parents think, Dad, I go to work every day. I provide a roof over your head. I provide clothes for you and food for you. See, I love you. Sorry, doesn't work. Kids don't understand love that way. They spell love, F-U-N-T-I-M-E. They spell love that way. Mom, I cook for you. I clean for you. I do your laundry. I, Sorry, that's not how kids understand love. Kids understand love by fun. Kids understand love by time. That's how kids understand love. And, and we need to do that. Um, I go through a story with, um, with one of our uh, sons and their animal. And boy, they loved their uh, dog. And they want to show their dog they love him. So they wrote him a poem. Didn't get it. They sang him a song. Didn't get it. Uh, 
Uh, they came up with all these things to show the dog they loved him. Sorry, it wasn't their language. So, oh, a can of meaty, canned Alpo dog food and rub their belly. All right, they got it now. They got it. Kids spell love. Time, T-I-M-E, F-U-N. Memories. They spell it with memories, with family, things that they're interested in, ministering to people. A whole lesson on this. So important to be able to make sure that um, our children know we love them and that they that love is transferred the way they understand it. Okay? Uh, provoke not your children to wrath. Why did God tell us not to provoke our children to wrath? Because God knows we have the potential to provoke our children to wrath. Okay? So I go through a whole lot of lessons of what happens and what we do and why we can provoke our children to wrath. Okay? It is really a big deal. Again, this is a short podcast, so we don't have time to go through every one of these things. We've talked some about them, but when we discipline them wrongly, we're going to provoke them to wrath. When we um, prejudge them based on not hearing their side and their story, we're going to provoke them to wrath. Um, when we're not fair, when we're not just, when we put them down, um, justice, kids have an innate sense of justice, right and wrong, especially as teenagers. And boy, you have to make sure you do and live that um, and to create that. So provoke not your children to wrath. Um, well, I'm the dad, I can do whatever I want. Then why did God say don't provoke them to wrath? There are things that we can do that will provoke our children to wrath. And guess whose fault it is? It's ours. And parents and dads and their pride and arrogance because uh, we're, we're the dad, we're in charge, we're the boss, we know everything, and we're ruining our children. We're ruining them. We're provoking them to wrath. Does that mean I'm not going to let my kid control and run me? Do you hear what I started off with? Parents, you're the parent, they're the child. But there are things that we do that are wrong that provoke our children to wrath. I constantly ask my children, uh, have I done something? Um, have I disciplined you wrongly? Have I done something that wasn't fair, that wasn't just? Um, I, if I ever did something that wasn't right, I would immediately apologize to my children. I would ask them for their forgiveness. Well, isn't that going to lower your authority? No, it builds it. It builds it. Um, gigantic to do that. Do not provoke your children wrath. Anyway, long lesson, uh, but make sure you take advantage of that. Then don't let the devil use you as a stumbling block. Don't let the devil use you as a stumbling block, okay? Um, the devil will prop you up as a stumbling block. And I'm going to illustrate this if you're watching on video. If not, you just got to picture it. But, but say God is over here on one side and our children are over here on another side. They're saved. They trust Christ as their Savior, but they're away from God. Okay, things, the devil, things happen to put them in the way. So God is drawing them to him through his Holy Spirit. He is drawing them to him. But, and our kids are being drawn, but what happens? Ding, there's a stumbling block. Who's that? Us. The devil will prop us up as a stumbling block so our kids can't get to God because they have to go over us to do that, and that's not going to happen. So what do you do? Keep propping yourself down. Keep propping yourself down. Keep propping yourself down. Do not let the devil use you as a stumbling block. If the kids have a problem with you, son, I'm sorry. I'm sure I didn't handle that right. I love you. I wish I could be the perfect dad. I wish I would handle everything right. Son, I haven't. Uh, I know you'll do better when you're a dad, but honestly, I've not been the best dad, and I'm sorry. Son, would you please forgive me? Son, I'm asking you, would you please forgive me? Yeah, yeah, dad, I'll forgive you. Okay, thank you, son. You're not in the stumbling block anymore. You're not in the way. Now what? God's going to continue to draw them to him. 
okay? And so don't, don't be a stumbling block. Don't play favoritism. It's amazing. Look what happened. Isaac favored Esau. Rebecca favored Jacob. And we have a major, major problem. My parents were so crazy fair. They went out of the way. <laughs> For Christmas, my last gift, okay, has been, you ready? A jar of grape jelly with 27 cents on top. Why? <laughs> to make it fair. A jar of grape jelly and 27 cents would make it fair to the penny of what my parents spent on each of our children. There are times I got, I have a 30-06 deer rifle, and there are times I got um, a box of uh, shells and uh, I open it up and they're not all there. And he said, yeah, son, if I gave you this whole box, it would have gone over what the other kids got. So um, I only gave you three out of the five or eight out of the ten. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you're laughing. That's true. True story. I, I saved the box and the note from my dad. That's how fair they tried to be. Now, we all know they love them more than me. Just kidding. Um, my kids always say, my, my brothers always say, say that. But our parents tried so hard to be fair and not to be, not to favor them. How come? It provokes them to wrath. Okay, um, I'm not going to go through all these, but there are a whole lot of things that will provoke our children to wrath. Um, and we need to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, three steps to make a right apology. I said two of those. But when we need to apologize to our children, son, I'm sorry. Sincere. Okay, I'm fine. I I'm sorry you feel that way. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Son, I'm sorry. Sincerely. Eyes to heart. Son, I'm sorry. Next, son, would you please forgive me? And make him get it. Or they have to say, no, no, I'm not going to forgive you. So I'm sorry, because that's going to turn into bitterness and that's going to hurt you. Okay. I can't make you forgive me, but I'm asking for your forgiveness. And if you don't forgive, that's going to turn into bitterness. It's going to trouble you and defile many. Son, I promise you, you don't want that. You need to forgive. And then number three, what can I do to make it right? Most of the time, you won't have to do anything, but them seeing you're willing to make it right is a big deal. Son, do you want me to tell the church? I said something wrong in church about you. I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? Do you want me to make it right? Next church service, I'll say, hey, I told an illustration about my son, and I shouldn't have. That wasn't appropriate or that wasn't right, and I want to publicly apologize to him, and I want to make it right by telling you that I shouldn't have done that, and I'm going to try to be more careful. What can I do to make it right? <laughs> Most people get the perfunctory, all right, fine, I'm sorry. Ah, yeah, yeah, that really helps, Okay. A sincere, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? And what can I do to make it right? It is gigantic, okay? Um, all right, so new topic, new thought. Let them be the adult. Let them be the adult. What do you mean? Son, what would you do? Hey, son, if you're the dad right now in this situation, you were the dad and you had a child who did what you just did, what would you do? How would you handle that? Boy, I've used that hundreds of times. It's amazing. They know what you're doing. And sometimes they'll try to say, well, I would let them off. Really? They just did this. And you would really let them off. And I'm smiling and chuckling. Well, okay. Man. You know, it's amazing. When you let them be the adult, it's amazing how many times they will rise up and be the adult. I've used that hundreds of times with my children on different issues in life and thinking about things. How would you handle this? Um, if you were the parent, if you were married, um, and let them be the adult. This is such a gigantic philosophy. I do hope you take an opportunity to go through this course. It's free. I'm going to give it to you for free, but I hope you take the opportunity to do that. There's some gigantic truths and principles and philosophies that really 
that really help. So my children will say, uh, brother and sister got in a fight and they're not getting along. All right, son, let's fast forward a little bit. Let's say you're married now and you just had this fight with your wife. Let's play you're an adult now. Now what happens? What do you mean? Well, you just hit your sister. So now what happens? To you, that it's not a big deal right now, but let's fast forward and you don't get this fixed. Now you hit your wife because you got mad. Now what happens? Oh, the police were just called. Yeah, they just took you away in handcuffs. Yeah, you will spend at least one night in jail because it's domestic assault and they can't let anyone go in that. Someone, police are called, someone's going to jail. Well, my sister started it. Okay, you're gonna let your wife go to jail? Well, no, that okay, then you go to jail. Police cannot let two people in a domestic assault situation stay in the same house. Too many of those people get killed later on and they sue the police. So somebody has to go to jail at least for a night. Congratulations, son. You never learned how to handle anger. You hit your sister. Now you hit your wife and you're done. <gasps> yes, and you don't think about that. Let them be the adult, okay? Play the adult scenario. Our children all want to be older. How old are you? Almost six. You just turned five. What do you mean almost six, okay? They all want to be older. They want to be that next year, okay? Son, <clears throat> and praise them. Build them up with that. So what does a man do is praise? A big lesson. Also, we talk about, all right, son, you're smart. You're, you got some wisdom. Let's say you're the adult. How would you handle this? Uh, it's your marriage. How would you do this? Hey, you are the parent. How would you do this? Um, hey, let's say you're on the job and your boss gave you the job to do like your mom gave you the job to do and you did the job as well as you did it when your mom asked you, what would happen? Um, did you finish the job with your mother? No. What happened? I started it and then what? I went to play. And so you, did you finish the job? No. All right, let's fast forward. Let's say you're, you got a job now and this is what you did. What would happen? I would get fired. Yeah. Now you don't have any money. So now what happens? I can't pay my bills. Right. And uh, now where are you going to live? I'm going to be homeless. <laughs> Do you do that? Absolutely. Run that scenario out and get them thinking. This is a big deal. When your mom says clean your room, you clean your room and you clean it the right way um, because it has effects. One of the things I say more and more about children is we're not rearing children. They already are children. We are rearing adults. Oh, that, that's so cute when they say no. Oh, really? Yeah. Fast forward to 15 and see how cute you think that is when she tells you no. Huh? No, it's not cute. It's not going to be good. And so um, everything that you see, oh, well, they'll grow out of it. Oh, yeah, they do. They grow out of stealing a, a candy uh, to, a, to a bicycle, and they grow out of stealing a bicycle to stealing a car. You're right. They grew out of that. The problem is growing is bigger, not smaller. The attitudes and things you see when they're little, if they are not fixed, they will just get big. And so many times what happened as teenagers... Those little things we ignore that we didn't fix, that we didn't take care of, oh, that's little, that's no big deal, they'll grow out of it. They grow out of it into something big. That temper tantrum, you let them, oh, well, they'll, they'll get tired. No, no. Boy, if our kid ever started to throw a temper tantrum, look at me, we do not do that. Boy, if they don't stop in a second, you thought it was bad before, it's really going to be bad now. Bad behavior has to be stopped. It has to be stopped. And so picture, they're an adult. All right, if you did this, you, you would go to jail. And then have them be the spiritual adult. All right, let's say we're in heaven now and you stand before Jesus and give an account of your life. What would that mean? What do you want to be able to say? 
Why? Then I went soul winning. Then I led someone to Christ. Okay. So big lesson there. Anyway, all these I'm given five minutes and there are 40 minute lessons. So, so, but I want to give you the thoughts and the truth. Wisdom. Okay. Wisdom, the principal thing. One thing I want my kids to have, I pray for them to have, I pray for me to have is wisdom. Parents too train and teach your children the right way you have to have wisdom you have to have it's the principal thing okay it's the principal thing get wisdom with all that getting get understanding wisdom is better than silver better than gold better than rubies the bible says silver is better sorry wisdom is better than silver gold rubies and wisdom is better than anything that can be desired wisdom <laughs> so many times my wife would have a situation. All right, this kid said this, this kid said this, she's making dinner. Honey, take care of it. <laughs> All the hard cases were sent to me. And I would go, God, please give me wisdom. I often would tell God, God, it's not fair. Okay. <laughs> do you do? Yeah. God, it's not fair. Anytime I do something wrong, you see me and you discipline me. I don't get to see everything my kids do wrong. Dear God, how can I rear them the right way if I don't know what they're doing? God, would you please? Let me know and find out what my kids are doing so I can help them and fix them. I can't fix it if I don't know. It's a big deal. So one kid said this, one kid said that. It's interrogation time. I get out the battery cables. Oh, that's a joke, okay? A joke, a joke. Did you hear that? No, no torture in this house. Interrogation, absolutely. I interrogate the kid. Um, and I'm going to pray for wisdom. And I'm going to keep asking questions until I see a chink until I see an inconsistency, until I see something that wasn't right, and then I play on that and the truth comes out, okay? Um, I don't know there's ever been a time with my children that I did not, with God's help and wisdom, find out the truth of the situation so I could handle it. Because if they get by with it, if they get by with it, whew, they just get emboldened. They just get emboldened. You can't. You can't have that, okay? And so uh, wisdom, how do you get it? Ask for it. Seek it early, early in life, early in the day. Hang around wise people. Um, again, all these things are in the lesson. Discipline and teaching give wisdom. Uh, and do what wise people do, okay? Um, next, uh, or anger. Anger, by the way, wisdom will fix anger. They have an anger issue. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. Kid has an anger problem. He has a wisdom problem. Because wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Wisdom will fix the anger issues in our children and in us. Oh, I just got so mad at my kid. Then you're not using wisdom. Oh, it was easy for you to say. <laughs> no, it's not. I had anger issue. Oh, I, hate, I hate telling you all these bad stories about me. In Bible college, my brother and I were roommates, little brother, and he knew how to get on every nerve <laughs> and still. And, um, and I put my fist through a wall in Bible college. So mad at my brother. <laughs> uh, I realized very quickly, God, you have got to help me with this. I cannot be a pastor and have this kind of anger. It's not going to go well. I may knock some deacons out. Um, and I went to God and God gave me this. Years ago, freshman in Bible college, when I am feeling angry, that temperature gauge going up. By the way, I was military. I was 82nd Airborne. They, they, they play on that. They want some aggression, and they play uh, with those emotions. I can't have this now. God help me with this. When I feel that temperature gauge going up, I stop. It's a trigger. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. The peace, the pure, the gentleness, easy to be entreated. Wisdom is knowing what to do and having the power to do it. Wow done. 
done. I got it. Okay. Parents, you must have wisdom. Your children must have wisdom. If we rear wise children, our life's over. I mean, our job's done. We got it. It's good. There's no problem. There's no issue. That's what we have to have. Okay. So whole, whole, whole lesson about wisdom. Uh, it is so important. Okay. All right. Then a whole lesson on, it's always a who. It's always a who. Um, oh, I don't want my kid to get messed up with alcohol. Don't want him to get messed up with drugs. Um, yeah, I understand that. But that's not the issue. It's always a who. What do you mean? You did run well. Who hath hindered you that you should not obey the truth? Where did that alcohol come from? A who? Um, where did that drug, those drugs come from? A who? It's always a who. Always a who. Solomon warned his son about 13 different types of men. Warned him. 13 different types of men. Warned him about eight different types of women. Eight different types of women that would mess him up. Okay? He warned him. It's a gigantic thing. And so in the lesson it's listed and go through all that. But we must protect our children from other people. You know the old joke. You know why the preacher's kids are so bad? Because they hang around with the deacon's kids. That's why. Okay? Is there some truth to that? Sure. And both sides of it. They get kids around and they hang around with the preacher's kid. It's always a who. When you perceive that someone does not have wisdom, do not let your children be around them and teach them not to want to be around them. When you hear, teach your children, look, when you hear someone tearing down their parents, they don't have wisdom. Run from them. Stay away from them. It's going to mess them up. Okay. Don't get around them. Um, and so Solomon warned his son about children. You need to make sure you are getting your kids away from those people, okay? And uh, get them to good people, get them to good influences, older, wise, uh, good people to be able to help them. I mentioned this earlier in the next lesson, but as so is a man to his praise. As a finding pot for silver and a furnace for earth, so, a uh, furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. Uh, we tear down our kids too much, we discipline more than we praise. Praise is such a big deal. Whatever you want or need your children to do, you need to praise them for it. When your kids do the smallest little thing, good and right, make a gigantic deal about it. Praise them. They'll do it more. So is a man to his praise. What does that mean? The impurities in our life uh, are removed and, and the good gold is left. That's what praise does. It will remove the impurities and bring the gold to the top. Do you want that with your kids? And praise them. Okay? Praise them for character, not talent. Um, praise them for work, not gifts, not beauty. Oh, you are so beautiful. You're just building their pride. Okay, don't do that. If they are beautiful, then who made them that way? It's God. They get proud about it. That's going to hurt them. Yes, for your girls to let them understand and see that God made them and you love them and they're special and, and things, but be careful not to build their pride that's going to hurt and mess them up. Okay, um, big lesson on pride. Um, then, uh, I think this is the last one. I don't know if we've got to 12 or not, but... One of the most important things is this, parents, for you to be the example. Solomon taught his son some amazing lessons and principles. Uh, how did Rehoboam do? He didn't. Why? Why? Because his dad didn't live it. Dr. Evans, college president, used to say, your walk talks, then your talk talks. But your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Um, monkey see, monkey do. What they see, they'll copy. Son, don't you be smoking cigarettes. You understand me, boy? If I see you smoking cigarettes, I'm going to wear you out. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to smoke cigarettes. How come he saw you doing it? Okay? 
Uh, but the Terry Angel, a uh, great guy, good pastor, and, and he tells a story, and I've used it a hundred times. One of my favorite stories. And uh, if I remember the story right, he was uh, Saturday morning. They're out bus visiting. They're going soul winning, walking down a sidewalk, and, and a little boy is holding his dad's hand. And um, they get to a sidewalk where it rained the night before, and some of the mud from the uh, bankman had come down on the sidewalk. Well, the dad just kept walking through it, and the son stopped, let go of his dad's hand. And the angel looked at his son and, and said, son, come on. He goes, daddy, it's muddy. Yeah, son, but we got to go. Come on, let's go. Daddy, I don't want to get my shoes messed up. Son, I understand. Come on, we, we got to go. Daddy, here's a statement. Daddy, if I walk in your steps, will I be okay? The profoundness of that statement. Daddy, if I walk in your steps, will I be okay? But the angel looked at his son and said, yes, son. Yeah, if you walk in my steps, you'll be okay. Boy, dads, it's a big deal. If our kids walk in our steps, will they be okay? We must be the example for them. We're not perfect, and when we're not, we need to apologize and fix it. But we have to be an example. Solomon taught great things, but didn't live it. But didn't live it. Make sure you pray for your kids. Make sure you beg God for them. Make sure you go through and make sure you don't have any hindrances to prayer. Make sure you have them in the Bible and in church. Make sure you're doing everything you can to help your children to have that spiritual heart and love and attitude. Um, it, it's such a big deal. Our children, for their life and family, our grandchildren, our ministry for the Lord. There's so many different reasons, so many reasons why it's so important to be able to make sure that we are teaching and training and rearing our children for God, okay? Uh, it's been 40 minutes. I don't want to go longer in the lesson just with me teaching, but um, let me tell you how to get it, okay? <laughs> I don't even want to tell you how to get it because I may get criticized. <laughs> but, um, on my Fix Families website, that's where you could go and buy it, um, but I want to give it to you. And so... Um, I, this is too long to get into, and if you criticize me for it, have fun. Go ahead. Um, long story short, how God did this, I am running for mayor in our county. I'm not quitting pastoring. I'm, we're still going to pastor, um, but it's some series of events that I feel like this is what God wants me to do, and, and I want to use it to win souls and reach people and help people and change lives. I believe God's going to do that, um, but in the, I've, in, to our church, I'd always give this program away, and now to our county, I'm giving it away, and so it's already set up. It's very easy to be able to go do it and get it there, so... Okay. <laughs> There'll be a link in the description. Just click on that. But if you want to type it in, davidbakerformayor.com, and then click on Video and Gifts. Click on Video and Gifts and scroll down to where you see the program that says How to Raise Children, Creating a Million Dollar Kid. Put in your name and email address, and that will give you access to this video coaching program. Twelve videos, hours and hours and hours of teaching and training. You and your wife, please go through this. Do all you can to help your children, our life, our family, our joy, their life, our grandchildren. So many things are affected by our children, okay? And so, uh, but davidbakerfromair.com, and at the top, the banner, uh, click on video gifts, video slash gifts, you can scroll down, how to raise children, put in your name and email address, and it will give you access to this program, okay? And so, like, what, you're running for mayor? Yeah, and that's stupid, that's what I keep saying. Why in the world am I doing this thing? Um, and I'm only doing it, I promise you, because I, God, I feel like God's making me. I ran from it for four or five months and just kept telling God, no, don't know. That's the last thing in the world I want to do. It's going well. Uh, now that I told you, go ahead and pray for me. I appreciate it. Um, but um, 
but I want to be able to give that to you. I hurt. I have many pastor friends that I see their hurt and their pain as their kids have messed up and hurt them and their church and their ministry and their life. And since I had this resource, I thought, you know, what a great thing that would be to give it to pastors and people in ministry, and hopefully it could be a help to you. And uh, just like uh, Brother Howes used to say, it's a smorgasbord, okay? Uh, if Take what you want, leave what you don't, just don't spit in our food, okay? Um, I'm not a perfect parent, and I'm sure there's things I may say in there that you may disagree with, but I believe that God can give you something in there that can help you with your children, with your family, at whatever way, age uh, they are and that you have, okay? Hey, God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this, and I truly, sincerely hope and pray that this is a help and a blessing to you and to your family. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.